it's not clear what they actually should do as individuals. And I believe Shareways kind of gives them the opportunity to do more than they could just by themselves. There are dire warnings that New South Wales will be hit by increasingly extreme weather. 2015 was the hottest year since climate records began. Your show this July was the single hottest month in recorded history. Australia sweltered through its hottest spring on record. Climate change is now affecting every country on every continent. It's the rate that's a great concern. And what do you put that rate down to? Oh, it's human activity. We have everything we need. Some still doubt that we have the will to act. But I say... The will to act is itself a renewable resource. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Climactic, the people's voice on climate change. Hello everyone, and this week's People's Voice sees Mark talk to Shareways founders Ellie and Tom. Now the pair go into the aims of the group in a big way in the interview, Mark, but I just wonder if you wouldn't mind just giving the listeners a quick overview. Yeah, you're right, Rich. You are going to hear a lot more during the course of the episode, but just to give you a teaser, share waste is amazing. It's saving organic waste from landfill which we know results in methane, which is a powerful greenhouse gas. So they are mitigating climate change right there. They're also creating communities, and it's usable by anyone anywhere in the world. And they're doing this all through a free app. What's this app business, Mark? Well, Rich, you've heard of mobile phones? (laughs) What do you mean? Phones are mobile now? I mean, (laughs) what wasn't I told? Seriously, though, yes, I downloaded the app, Mark, and uh, when I completed the, the editing... And I've registered as a receiver on the site. Ah, great. So you're going to host it. So that means people near you can start giving you their valuable organic material for free. And by that, I mean food scraps. Yes. And it also means I need to get cracky on setting up my compost space and worm farm. Well, we'll talk more on Rich's waste after the interview. Yes, very delicately put, if I might say, Mark. But uh, (laughs) look, though I didn't see any local people using the service in my area as yet, I do think it's a fantastic idea. And I think it's going to take off out here in the country. I really do. Yeah, perhaps the show, hey, it might kickstart things there as well. I think once a couple people in the community are using it, that really starts the flywheel. So I really love the way this project taps into the circular economy that we've been talking a lot about on Climactic over the last few months. And that this episode, it's equally relevant to you listening in New Zealand, America, Europe, wherever in the world you are as it is to our Melbourneian and Sydney-side listeners. Composting is also an excellent way to get started on your own sustainability journey. All right, that's enough from us. Let's get straight into the interview. This is Mark, talking with Ellie and Tom from ShareWaste. Well, thank you so much, Tom and Ellie from ShareWaste, joining me today. So I've been reading a lot of news stories about ShareWaste, and I know you've told the origin story of ShareWaste quite a few times by now. So rather than asking some fancy version of this, can you just tell me the story of how ShareWaste got started? So about two years ago, we decided we wanted to do something about our household waste. And we thought that we were producing a lot of organic waste. Since we moved to Australia, we started eating even more fruit and veggies. And we had a lot of veggie and fruit scraps. And we are actually feeling really sorry. We couldn't use it better. Every time it went just straight into our red garbage bin and, of course, to the landfill. So we thought we could start with doing something about our organic waste, maybe 
giving it to somebody else who could use it in their art garden because we thought that was the best way we could use it actually. And also uh, we actually wanted to meet our neighbors because we didn't know anyone when we came to, to Sydney and Australia because we we're expats. So we thought, you know, we could connect those two to meet new people, new interesting people and uh, recycle our organic waste. Yeah, so we started taking our uh, all our organic waste to a local lady and she, she was lovely and she really appreciated. She actually had been doing it for a local cafe and her neighbors as well already. But because she was quite far away for us, she, it wasn't really within the walking distance. So we weren't really able to go there regularly and drop off our organic waste. We thought well, maybe there is a better way how to do it. Maybe there is somebody really close to us who would love to use our organic waste in their garden. And that's when Thomas came with the idea of creating an app. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a software engineer by trade. So I was thinking, you know, it would be a nice side project to have, like kind of like a, like a hobby project, you know, that would make the world a bit better, even, you know, if it succeeds. So, yeah, we just decided to write an app and see, because we thought, like, many people must have the same issue, right? Like, there is there is no curbside composting, and it's, mm-hmm. um, there are, like, it depends on the council, right? But, like, in Newtown, there is no green bins that we recycle. So we thought maybe we'll save, you know, the issue for, for someone else as well. So I wrote the app in a couple weekends, and then we mentioned it on Facebook in the local group. And kind of the word, you know, was was being spread. And after, I think, two months, we had, our first 100 users maybe so we felt like yeah we actually may be onto something actually two years later because it's going to be two years now we have over eleven thousand registered people who just either decided to donate scraps or to collect scraps from somebody else i think it's pretty amazing that is astonishing and, and i've seen just in my couple months of using the app and getting involved in a community garden it's listed the the garden itself as a, a scrap receiver on the site I've met a couple dozen people now who've, you know, want to bring their scraps into this place. And, and it is just such a incubator of community. And you're recreating a lot of those connections that, yeah, you're completely right that the community side is really important to it as well. And it seems to be a really good venue for like-minded people to find each other. That's, that's amazing. You'd said in one, an, another interview that the scraps and the sort of the biological matter and the composting element, they're only kind of half of the importance of share waste and, and the other half being community. How, how did you go about finding that, that lady in the first place who was taking your scraps? So I simply asked the local people on one of the local Facebook groups and she reacted within five minutes and it took us about another week to arrange the first drop off. Mm-hmm. And then once we started shareways, uh, one of our first users was our local host she was our host for a long time and she even without knowing us she just invited us for dinner and we were so amazed so and nice that was one of uh, the reasons when we actually realized well yeah we really are onto something this really has some potential and we should use it and we should create something helpful and beautiful which would help other people to reduce their organic waste yeah we, we've had actually feedback from from other users when they told us they met brilliant people through share waste and you know they're they're no friends and they you know regularly go grab a coffee and talk and we think this is like it, it's pretty nice like that's kind of when the magic happens where like like-minded people meet and you know maybe maybe something maybe it will like incubate ideas and maybe who knows something great will happen you know because two people met via share waste fingers crossed 
This is true. Yeah, there's there's huge potential for something like that, and and hopefully when those stories happen, because I think they inevitably will, that people do tell you that you guys were the spark for that. <laughs> this might be a bit of a philosophical question, but why do you think waste is such a great way for people to find each other? Why is that such a good sort of bonding thing? I tend to say that somebody's waste can be somebody else's treasure, mm. and share waste is a way how to connect these people. These days, there are so many paid-forward sites and recycle places and recycle community places. And every time I see a lot of things I could use, which somebody else doesn't need any anymore. And we pretty much do the same for organic waste. So I think the current society sees waste as, as something mm -hmm. unwanted. But from my perspective, it's more that we are creating waste, but didn't find the right way how to either reuse it or not create it at all. Like if you look out in the nature, the animals or the plants, nobody or nothing creates waste. It's just people because they haven't found a better way how to use that product. I see waste as some product that could be used in a better way than we usually do if you know what I mean. With ideas like circular design, everything coming in, people are saying that you know, waste is a design flaw. Yes, closing the loop. From my side, because I actually thought about that quite a lot, and I feel like there's two sides to that. One is that we're living in a in a this like funny funny age where um, it's easy to like you know something is happening like there's you know climate change and there is um, like the huge island of plastic floating in the ocean now and it's like feeling we're kind of messing up the environment a lot and like there's a, like the media help like foster that that feeling that you know something bad is happening with the planet and it's really easy to feel powerless because of that because like what what can you actually do about climate change right you can stop using plastic bags but like you alone will not really make such a big difference and there is a huge huge motivator in like people do want to do more but it's not clear what they actually should do as individuals and i believe shareways kind of gives them the opportunity to do more than they could just by themselves like they already are you know trying to be zero waste they try to not produce unnecessary like buy unnecessary things and produce you know more waste but Shareways gives them a chance to help other people do the same thing. So it kind of, you know, empowers them to do more than they could alone for the environment. Uh, so that's one side. And I think the other side is people who care about the environment and like are trying to live the zero waste lifestyle or are trying to you know, minimize their ecological footprint. They tend to be pretty passionate about it. And if you meet someone who has the same, it's wrong to call it a hobby, but you know, the same like worldview you do have something in common. So when you meet, you know, you already have something to talk about and like, you, you know, that you share a passion for something. So it's easy to just sit down, you know, and like immediately, like you can become friends because you know, you know, there is a thing that you share. Even if initially yeah. that thing is waste, <laughs> but that, that becomes a lot more yeah. after that. Well, actually it's, mm. it's, it's not really the waste, right? It's the way to recycle. It's like kind of the opposite of yes. waste. Like you try yeah. not to create waste or, you know, return the waste to the earth. That's also the reason why we're trying to share examples of positive change, especially on our social media. We don't show many pictures of horrible mm -hmm. plastic pollution or horrible pictures from landfills because we want to empower people and tell them that anybody can make a positive change just by starting themselves and then you never know how many other people you inspire yeah that's true there's a lot more power in positivity and empowering people than than sort of scaring them with with some realities of today can i just ask where your guys 
initial interest in disposing of your biological waste, your kitchen scraps, why you wanted to do it differently than than using the system as the the councils provided of, you know, just put it in the bin, don't think about it, don't think about the fact it's going to landfill. Why did you guys want to not use that system? For me, it was about wasting resources. So I wasn't so much bothered about the actual waste. For me, it was more about the fact that we have some resource and instead of uh, using it in a better way, we're just dumping mm. it. So for me, it was that side. I don't know about Thomas. Yeah, um, look, I think I've kind of always been aware of landfills like you like if you if you search a bit, like you will see, you know, horrible pictures where we just kind of ship stuff into landfill that gets packed, and you know, landfill is just ever growing, and the stuff never actually yep. disappears from there. It just kind of is preserved in this like weird hibernation. Yeah, I just felt like I didn't want to add to that. Like we already, you know, we are already throwing away a lot of things. So you know, if there is a thing that can actually be reused and like almost hundred percent recycled, or pretty much hundred percent recycled, really, uh, we should try our best to do it. Right. What's the point in throwing it away? And the other reason is uh, because we are already recycling much of our waste. Organic waste was, I would say, about 50% of what actually mm -hmm. goes into our garbage bin. And now our garbage bin, like the contents, have practically disappeared. It all goes either to recycling or to our share waste uh, bucket. That's fantastic. There is, very, there is very little in our garbage bin now. Just quickly, I've had some really cool experiences with share waste in the last month or two. Actually, one really cool one just a couple days ago. You can get some sort of live stories from, from the share waste community, even over in Melbourne. There's a gardening group at RMIT University, big university here in the, the CBD in Melbourne. And they've got a, a gardening group called Greening RMIT. And they had a, a composting Skillshare, just, you know, some people who knew something about composting coming along to teach people who didn't how to do it. And they also got a bunch of worms from, from Ceres, a big social enterprise farm here in the city. And so I, I got myself some worms to take away from my new worm farm. And I mentioned, hey, so you guys have all these beds here and you're constantly looking for more organic material to do composting here. You should put up the site on share waste. And they hadn't heard of share waste yet. So I told them about it and they're super excited and think they're going to be making an account for the uh, community garden in the next couple of days. And then an, an established community garden here that um has 12 big raised beds they got a just just because they were brave enough to ask they had uh bunnings donate 12 big worm towers for each one of these beds so now we're sort of colonizing worms into these beds and we're accepting uh bakashi bins especially from apartment dwellers around south melbourne because we seem to have a, a bit of a problem where the city of melbourne council has subsidized bakashi bins but there's then no system of pickup or disposal, and you have to find something to do with it. So we've been accepting them in, and, and we've sort of converted at least two of the beds so far into just soil factories, because we're just turning them all the time. And that's all because of share waste. Those people have found this community garden that's, that's tucked away down a laneway. It's completely out of the way, that even people who live one street over wouldn't even know it's there. So at least I know a couple dozen people have found this garden and been able to bury their bakashi because of share waste. So massive props to you guys for that. Because some people listening to this might not have heard of share waste before, do you guys maybe want to have like a, a quick, you know, 30 second description or whatever of what share waste is for someone who hasn't 
heard of it and like why they should get involved or, or how it works? So basically, Shared Waste is a way to connect people who wish to recycle their kitchen scraps with um, their neighbors who are composting or they keep, uh, they were farming or they keep chickens. So at the bottom of it, it's a map where all our hosts, which is the people who accept organic waste, uh, can put a listing on and all the neighbors, all their neighbors can look at the map and see who's there. There would be a marker on the map for, for each host. They can click on it and send them a message and arrange a drop off and, you know, kind of like a connect with them so they can start delivering their organic waste. And why you should get involved or who should get involved? Uh, pretty much anybody. So if you have a garden, share waste is a good way how to get more material for your garden, how to create nutritious, beautiful soil, how to enrich your chicken's diet or your pig's diet, whatever animals you keep. But also people who share, who use share waste are people who travel a lot and would like to dispose of their organic waste or kitchen scraps in a more sustainable way. So if you travel a lot or if you're on holidays, you can register on Shareways. You can go see our map and find a local donor where you can easily dis dispose your kitchen waste. The great thing about Shareways is that you create local connections. You never know who you're going to meet. You actually easily find that your neighbors you have never met before are great people and you have a lot in common because shareways tends to attract people who are already doing something good who are already living sustainable lifestyle or who are doing something creative and that's the huge benefit many people don't expect and i think thomas forgot to mention that shareways is free mm. so you can't really lose anything you can only gain by registering And second, we work internationally. So whether you're from Melbourne or Sydney or from Pennsylvania in the States, you can register and start creating your local community because it's you, your relatives, friends, workmates who help us grow. So how, how do you guys feel and relate to climate change? You know, it, it's a huge question. So feel free to answer mm. from whichever angle you'd like. Yeah. But how are you guys sort of thinking about and coping with living in this time? Every age, I guess, has, you know, its issues. Like for us, it's the biggest issue is probably the climate change or, you know, the change in environment, which will definitely affect like the way we live, right? Like it will many people, it will probably displace many people, like many people have to move. And I think that's gonna like create massive problems, but also like massive opportunities. And I kind of have a lot of hope for humanity. Like that, you know, we'll figure out what to do and we'll just kind of like push through and, you know, we'll survive. But I also feel like, and again, it's kind of this thing like where something is happening and, you know, it's potentially like very bad, but it's also happening on a scale that like you can't really do much about it yourself. It's, as I mentioned before, like it's really easy to kind of like have this sense of doom right that you can't like sense of like powerlessness and doom like that you can't really do much because like what do you do like how do you you know what do you what can you do today to stop global warming like pretty much nothing like you can you know change your lifestyle but like you alone won't really change much it has to be like a coordinated action like everyone has to change and like i personally i'm not super optimistic in that like all the nations on the earth will suddenly you know stop producing greenhouse gases or you know will stop producing waste so i'm thinking like we should deal like learn to deal with that i'm kind of hopeful that we will as a mankind like you know like the climate will change i think but we will learn how to cope with that and like we will like figure out what to do when it happens 
or when it starts, like it's already happening, I guess, but when it starts affecting us, like really noticeably. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. It gets a lot of the nuance. And I think not a lot of people actually hear other people's perspectives on, on the, just the topic in general. And I think that's that's really useful. I, I agree with you. On, on, uh, I'm, I overlap with that quite a lot. For me, it's the whole topic. It's just so big. It's hard to touch. But I can already tell some changes has been happening, like with the climate and weather. What I really hate about it, the most is the way we're using resources we have, the wrong way we're using most of our resources. We would love to leave the planet in a better state than when we came here. We feel like it's a place, it's a beautiful place we have borrowed for the time of our lifetime and we should do our best to at least return it in the same state when we came here or better in a better state. And that also has to do a lot with giving and receiving. Every time we receive something, we're trying to give twice as much back. The giving back as a, is an important part of the whole process as well. But I pretty much agree with everything Thomas has already said about the climate change. It's so easy to feel paralyzed and feel like nobody, I can't do anything. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I do. So that's the best way how to start, to take the first step to make one little positive change in your life. And then it's surprising how many people you can inspire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're all looking for some hope. We're all looking for some positivity. So once you've started doing something, even if it is, even if it is small at the start, I think, yeah, people really do get inspired by that. And it is, um, is amazing how quickly that can spread as, as you guys, you know, can personally attest to. Thank you so much, guys. Sort of closing comments or anything else you, you felt like we didn't get to? Not sure. Just like a word to your listeners, you know, if you would like to recycle organic waste during share waste, it's free. And there is a new feature coming out soon. So stay tuned. Yeah, we'll have to do a little update when the, when the new feature comes out. That'd be great. Thanks, Mark. So I was really inspired after talking to Tom and Ellie, but I wanted to go back and speak to one of the first people I met through ShareWaste. I was really your average ShareWaste user, an apartment dweller in South Melbourne who'd never gardened before, had no idea what to do with compost, but just didn't want to put my scraps in the bin to go to landfill. So I jumped on ShareWaste and I found Andrew, just a five minute walk away from me who had at Worm Farms and was happy to take my scraps. So I popped along to Andrew's house, got to see his amazing setup, and he then invited me to help out at a local community garden as well he was trying to rehabilitate. And really, Andrew's been my go-to guy ever since for all things gardening, worm farming. He's helping me set up my new one now and basically just personal household sustainability. He's been my Sherpa. So I wanted to go back to Andrew and ask him how he found ShareWaste to begin with and what the experience was like for him using the site. So, Andrew, I was just talking to the ShareWaste founders a couple of days ago. I yep. interviewed with them and heard the origin story. But for me, like, ShareWaste from day one meant like you're the first person I contacted on ShareWaste. My ShareWaste experience has been pretty much meeting you and then like going on this bit of a journey to involved with Foundry and yep. all this. So I was curious, how did, how did you find ShareWaste? I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was looking at the different sharing apps online and, and I'd already started 
home composting, like with a worm farm um, and bakashi bins. And I've got a feeling I was just like looking at all the different sharing apps that were coming online and I just stumbled upon it and went, oh, I could do that. How long ago did you start using it? It's about two years, maybe slightly less than two years at this stage. I set up the worm farms about two and a quarter years ago, and it took them about three or four months to get going. And then as soon as they were going, I realized I had capacity to take more waste than I was generating. So you signed up specifically looking for to receive scraps yep. rather than to donate them? Yep. yep. Until then, I hadn't been composting. I'd done a little bit. I'd bought a couple of bakashi bins in my old apartment and then filled them and realized I had no idea where to get rid of them and then just left them there, which I think is very common with bakashi bins. <laughs> they actually came with me. They sat. The great thing about bakashi is it's airtight and sealed, so you can't smell it. So I filled it and then didn't have the heart to dump it, but didn't know where to put it. So I just left them on my balcony for about three months or something. But then I happened to be moving house and then I figured out what, what I could do with them. I did some research and I discovered you could create a soil factory, did that and then figured out how I could manage it all, even on a hard ground balcony by using really deep pots and stuff. So had you used any of the other apps at all when you were sort of looking through them or sort of... I think I just read an article about the increase in the um, the usage of sharing apps and sharing economy as well, and I was just having a look at all the different ones. I remember something ripe near me as well, which I was interested in from a growing food perspective. I think the high point is definitely seeing how much waste you can deal with even in an inner city two-bed apartment because people think it's a, a major stumbling block that it's just not possible to do but it turns out it's not true if you learn a bit about it and how to manage it you can not only compost your own you can actually compost loads of your neighbors as well because worms do better in summer they get through more food and you can deal with like four or five households at once and also getting to know people as well which is nice initially i used to just let people drop off stuff and then i sort of changed and kind of decided well people are going to bring their compost they should see where it goes so now people always come in and they see how the worms are doing and say hello and yeah get to meet all the different worms (laughs) and this is worm one. This is worm two. No, they've all got names. Henry, Reginald, and Siobhan, and Martha. <laughs> More names than the English language has room for. There's a lot of names in the world. Yes. There's a lot of worms in your worm farms. I'm not sure I've had a, a low point with share waste. I had a low point with my worm farms, all right, mm. when I tr- tried composting pet waste and killed a lot of worms. Oh, no. Yeah. So that's a free recommendation. Don't try that at home. Well, if you read online, apparently it's quite doable, but... Something went wrong when I did it, and yeah, the worms just didn't like it and all died. They all went to a corner of the worm farm and a sad end. Oof. Yeah, because that was, that was the initial reason I got a second farm. I thought I'll keep one for food and mm-hmm. I'll use the other one for pet waste and cat litter. Those castings can just go out into like the flowers and stuff, not, not near edibles. Yeah, it didn't work. So that's also why I turned the second worm farm over to food as well, cleaned it out fully, started again, and then was able to take more people's organics. And I reckoned better to do that, which I know works, than to keep pushing the, the pet waste problem. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you can only read so much online, can't you? Mm. You have to try things. So, mm-hmm. But apparently other people have success with it. So it's not to say don't try it, just maybe try it a different way. <laughs> So now you found out you got involved as a community garden, you know, it's a 10 minute walk from your home yep. thing and, and it's enlisting that on share waste. You found, you know, dozens of new people wanting to give Akashi bins and get involved with the garden. Yeah, well, that's been great because I already had the experience of Bakashi myself and being in a, an apartment dweller. And moving in between homes. And yeah, <laughs> I realized that they seem like a great idea, the way they're sold on the box. is like, it's, you know, keep it in the apartment, there's no smell, etc., etc. But it doesn't really drive home the 
the fact that you need to be able to bury it somewhere eventually. And we all live in the inner city with very little space that we can dig a hole. Even like what they say about, oh, you know, find a neighbor who'll take it. But you know, I think it's over 50% of Port Phillip residents, our local council, are renters. So they definitely don't have somewhere to dig. It's mainly apartments. Even if you look at the houses around, nearly everyone's paving their front gardens. There's very few people who have a neighbor who is able to dig a hole. So um, when I got involved in the gardens, and the biggest issue confronting the gardens was the health of the soil. I thought, well, this is a great opportunity to make a space where people can bury their bakashi. And yeah, we just keep meeting more and more people over the months. These are people who otherwise would never have heard of the gardens before or been able to find them even. Yeah, well, hardly anyone knows about those gardens because they're tucked away. Even when you do know about them, it's hard to find them. <laughs> yeah, so people are finding it not not through an interest in gardening, not through stumbling through the space, just by going to share waste and searching for options. And it's kind of amazing how far people are coming as well. They're coming from one and two suburbs over, three suburbs over. I had one lady there a few weeks ago and she doesn't have a car and she lives two suburbs over. So she'd walk three kilometers with her bakashi bin on her shopping trolley um, that she brings to the market and trundling along the footpaths. <laughs> but that's commitment. It's impressive. Sharewaste is full of those people who have that passion and, and that enthusiasm. And you know, when you meet someone through the group, you're going to have at least that in common with them. Yeah, absolutely. Shared experiences and trying to be more sustainable and dealing with your waste. You'd rate the experience highly and recommend it to somebody else? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Either whether it's if you figure out you can do something extra to help other people or, you know, whether you're just looking for something, have a look on share waste because it's steadily increasing as well. There's more starting to see more people pop up who can take waste. Top interviews there, Mark. I really enjoyed everything about both of them. I was really taken with the discussion on climate change. Yeah, I really loved what Tom said about the importance of giving back. And here's that line again, because it was so good, we get to hear it twice. Like we already, you know, we are already throwing away a lot of things. So, you know, if there is a thing that can actually be reused and like almost 100% recycled, or pretty much 100% recycled, really, uh, we should try our best to do it. So what that really sparked in me is that I'm hearing really often lately, we need to break out of a consumer mindset. And we heard it the week before last and talking about the George Mambio article uh, that we need to get out of our addiction to disposability. And how great is it that it's never been easier to connect with people we haven't met before in our local community who are really chuffed to give and receive food waste, that there's value in that, that I can give someone my food scraps as a genuine way of giving back. Yeah, I just think that's really cool. And how are your composting efforts going, Rich? Yeah, the saga continues, Mark. I've uh, priced the worms and worm farms at our local mega de- department store, and I'm afraid it's all too much for a humble podcaster writer, I'm afraid. But listening to the interview, I took the Ellie option of advertising in our local Facebook site. And are you swamped with offers? Swamped is the word, Mark. I've had a reply from a local bloke, not quite sure who lives, but he couldn't be more than a few streets away, who has two worm farms and he's prepared to do a good price for me. And also a message from a lady who lives in a nearby town who said, look, if you can't get a worm farm, I'll come and show you how to build one. So, two options there. <laughs> Yikes, so it won't be long for you're joining the ranks of us worm farmers, Rich. Yeah, I'm full of confidence, mate, and I'll be building my own worm farm on the cheap, thanks to the generosity of country folks. That's the way to do it. All right, just quickly here at the end, Rich, I I think there might be a lot of listeners joining us today for the first time. I think this is a great opportunity to say Climactic is looking for more interviewers. Wherever you are in the country, if you like talking to people about their stories in this time of climate change, we'd love to hear from you. 
Just drop us a line to hello at climactic.fm. And with that, here's the credits. I'd like to thank our producer, Caleb Fidicaro, our designer, Abigail Hawkins. And I'd like to thank our composer, Greg Rossi, and our special advisor, Gretchen Miller. Gretchen is still looking for submissions for her new project, The Rescuers, done in conjunction with Landcare. There's a link to that in the show notes, along with how you can find all of our lovely production team. Thanks for listening, folks. Have a great week. The Climactic Collective. This show is produced by Hear Media, a boutique audio agency in Narm, Melbourne. To learn more and get in touch, head to hearmedia.studio. That's H E R E Media dot studio.